This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 151 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we discuss what we can learn by watching the Winter Olympic sports. Patapedia is all about rain gear. In Critter Nutrition, we focus on the benefits of the Tulsi plant. And in Coffee Clatch, we ask, what category in the Academy Awards would your dog or cat or horse be nominated in? Listen in. Tigger. And I'm Patty. And this is Coach Jen. Thanks for joining us. We're here twice a month to geek out on all things healthy and critter. And I hear, Tigger, that you've got quite an adventurous story to tell us. What's going on? Well, well it's, it's not adventurous as much as it's just it's Bad. funny <laughs> and it's so Patty P. Uh-oh. So, She's throwing you under the bus, Patty. Yeah, it's easy. It was a rainy day in in Wellington, Florida today. And with that rain, the temperatures kind of cooled down. And you get that sort of damp, gray, rain, cool feeling. (laughs) Patty and I are texting back and forth about the show tonight and da-da-da-da-da. And... She sends me this picture of her. It's and it is raining outside. I give you that, but it's her, a picture of her inside, like a tack room, an apartment, something inside a barn, in a raincoat, winter coat with a, a mm-hmm. fur hood. <laughs> yeah. A fur hood. It was the best. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and just so you know, that particular raincoat is has a slight lining. I had a long sleeve shirt and a uh, micro, um, not, not microfiber. What's it called? Merino wool um, <laughs> sweater underneath it, and I'm still quite. Cold. That's why I sent it to you because I knew. I and her expression. Her, I, I wish I could describe it, but it was both shock and awe. <laughs> I was trying to fire myself all day, <laughs> but I just wouldn't listen. And I, I tried to hand in my resignation to myself. I like I was doing so many things, and I just, I just never apparently took myself seriously. Because then I went back out the road again. And then when the sun came out later, and I was doing prep for the show, I was like, okay, this is fine, but. No, I'm, I'm, I am a weenie, and when it gets, I hate getting wet. I do not like being cold. Tigger, I don't like being cold. But if you make me wet and cold, mm-mm, not a good comment. It's a double whammy. And that's whammy. when I, you mm-hmm. sit back and you're okay, I'm really going to evaluate my life choices right now. I've been doing this for how many years outside? Oh, yeah. Not good. Well, in, in support... And sympathy, I actually did have to put on my wool scarf this afternoon. <gasps> no! Yep, I did. Walk the dogs around the neighborhood. If I have something around my neck, I stay warm. I don't need a hat. 
most of the time I don't need gloves, but boy, mm-hmm. if it's around my neck, then I'm toasty. I would agree with that, but I, I, I have to have something on my head, and if I don't have something on my arms, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I, as we as we speak, I'm in long pajamas with something wrapped around, like I've got a, a sleepy blanket wrapped around me, and and I'm certain it's probably 80 degrees outside, but we're not going to go into that. Yeah, it's going to get cool tonight. Yes. I already have sheets on. <laughs> because flannel. I'm cold. Flannel. <laughs> Absolutely. I find nothing wrong with that. That's why I do well in Florida and Texas, because it is warm. <laughs> and it makes me happy. <laughs> yes. Well, I actually do enjoy the cold in short doses. So that in part is why I I love the Olympics. So let's move on into the podcast and start talking about the winter games. So I have a question. Yes. F- which is your favorite pet taker, winter or summer Olympics? I love them equally. Oh, listen to you. You're so correct. How about you, Patty? I guess. You only have two options, Patty. <laughs> yeah, I don't have I don't have a favorite because, I mean, of course, I like to watch the equestrian sports, but I also <laughs> well, really yeah. like ice skating. Yeah, there we go. So, I, I love to watch the sports in the Summer Olympics, but I like to watch the opening ceremonies in the Winter Olympics because the outfits are just too much fun. The best I've ever heard. That's funny. I never even thought of the opening of the difference between the summer I never would have opening ceremonies. Yeah. But well, you're right. Yeah, the most 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 cycles we watch the opening square. ceremonies and not much else. <laughs> really? We we love to watch the opening ceremonies. We'll we'll tune into a sport here and there. And of course we have to DVR all of the equestrian sports in the summer. That's a given. And to tell you the truth, don't tell anybody. I kind of like to watch curling. That is so interesting because I watched a bit of curling the other night and I have seen it before, but for some reason it was like blast move by the Italian team. And I finally went, oh my God, the accuracy. Yeah. Yeah. Is incredible. The little guy with the broom. I love the little guy with the broom. And it's curling. If you've never watched curling, curling is slippery chess. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's just as exciting as chess with ice. <laughs> that, 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 that's interesting. Okay. Interesting. This has been a very interesting Olympics so far because I, from my perspective, it has brought forth figure skating, for instance, I think their scoring system is so much more transparent than dressage. And I hope we move in that direction. Oh, see, now I'm going to have to tune into some ice skating and tune into that. Tonight. Mm-hmm. The yeah. long program. Yeah, and it's flashed on the screen in a very understandable way. You see where they're re- either review movement. They show you what the value is. So in dressage, we don't. I mean, we have a times two, but they have an actual numerical. So different movements are weighted differently. Correct. Okay. And then you get added bonuses if you do it really, really well. Mm -hmm. So in dressage parlance, you would probably get extra points if you scored eight or above on, on a movement. So 
if you were to take that scoring system and apply it to dressage, see if I've got my head around this, you could take a particular movement, for example, extended trot, extended trot and extended trot is weighted with a, maybe one. we give it a value of a three, a three. Okay. And then with three that value of three, does that mean that there's a multiplier or does that mean it's, you can get up to three points? You can get up to three or you can be over three if you do do it really, really well. So it could end up being I a four. See. That is interesting. Instead of using multipliers, yes. it's the maximum number of points that you could Plus. earn unless yes. you do super well. Interesting. And I think the highest is 16 points you can or 16 or 15. It would be interesting yeah. to experiment with that. It would and, be. And see by making different types of movements, different weights. It would be fun to do that just with like with video of, of well, existing you know, tests just to really, play with it. That would it, be interesting. Where, where, where it would really play in is in the freestyle because right yeah. now we have you, you group movements together, technical requirements together. And the more you group together, if you nail them all with sevens, you get a higher degree of difficulty. So it's it adds to your score, right? Mm-hmm. But it, let's just say you have four movements together. You have a half pass to a pirouette out, out into another half pass and then to an extended canter. If you get a seven on two of them and a six on one of them, you, you don't get the bonuses. Hmm. So it seems that this is a lot more transparent because as a viewer, like when I'm watching a live stream of dressage, it shows you what the degree of difficulty that that rider has chosen and the maximum number of points they could get. If they got sevens plus on everything, right? In figure skating, each movement has a number, a three, a four, a five, like a quad is a six or a ten. And then score from the judges on on the box right next to it that lights up Mm -hmm. and tells you this is what the judges gave it in relationship to the execution of the movement. Did they achieve it? Then they, if it's six, they get six. If they overachieve it, they did it better, then they might get a 6.3 or a 6.5 or a 7. Or I think it's great. And then if they don't think something was up to snuff, you get a yellow caution that they're reviewing it. So they have just technical people, meaning technical skating judges, who do nothing but review movements. Now, that's probably a little too much for the dressage community at present, (laughs) but I like the idea, and it's done in real time. I mean, you don't have to wait. It takes a minute or two, and then you see whether they get a red, which means they didn't complete the element, or they get a green, which means... Oh, can you imagine the OTTB tests? Red, 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 red. (laughs) (laughs) And, and the other thing, I, we I, love you, OTT people. We love you. <laughs> really has struck me so far is the personal challenges of these athletes, like Michaela Schifrin, the favorite to win women's slalom, maybe the women's giant slalom. What she's one of the most successful women skiers ever, and she hasn't completed either the giant slalom or the slalom. 
at the Olympics. She skated out. And last night, she skated out of the slalom, if you missed it, and she moved over to the side of the mountain, took off her skis, and sat down, buried her head in her knees for 25 minutes. Wow. And it made me think of that great American gymnast who sort of went through the same thing in the Summer Olympics and ended up not competing because mentally she just wasn't in the game. There was too much pressure, too much stress. I get that. I, I totally get that. And, and I feel what we can learn from it is certainly in the equestrian community that When you go in and have a bad ride or things don't go your way or the horse doesn't feel right or he's having a bad day or whatever, I think a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves to to win or to do well or to get the score or whatever it is. Then we just feel like crap afterwards. And so seeing her sit there in front of millions of people on television around the world I thought that was incredibly brave, even though that wasn't her intention. But I think we all get that get to that point where we just it, – it's not like we can't take it. It's just that we're so depleted mentally or emotionally that we just have to have a timeout no matter where it is. And yeah. I, I think it's important as riders that we remember that the – path isn't to to, in the horse show ring or the dressage ring or whatever competition area is never straight it never is straight it's never a straight trajectory even if the magazine articles make successful trainers and riders sound like they just found this incredible horse and everything was magic and well that's not true so seeing skaters fall in the olympics seeing seeing the snowboarders oh my god i'm addicted to that group i (laughs) i think they are the most fun and you know what the cool thing is the snowboard community and freestyle skiing community they support all the other competitors i mean this one girl came down she had the best run and the american was standing in first and and this girl beat her she runs over and hugs her oh wow and then the others pile on top because they so respect somebody who pulls off a brilliant ride yeah. A In- brilliant maneuver. Interesting, too. And this is something that I just thought of when we were watching the opening ceremonies the other night. Not all athletes walk or march in the opening ceremonies because of the competition schedule. But because the competition yeah. actually starts before the opening ceremonies. Yep. And some of them can't for obvious reasons. And I find it interesting because... Like you said, the amount of pressure when you get to the Olympics, because it doesn't get much bigger if you're an athlete than the Olympics, just because it only happens every four years and everything kind of has to magically align to get you there. Yep. But some athletes have the ability, either intrinsically or because they practice very hard at it, 
to step outside themselves and do things like go and watch other competitions and support other athletes versus some athletes who have to stay within themselves in order to compete. It's two different skill sets. Not everybody has both, but very interesting how cultivating the second one, being able to step outside of yourself and still be an effective competitor probably in the long term is going to be much better for your mental health. Yeah. And the commentators on the snowboarding freestyle who are obviously snowboarders themselves, they keep talking about the community of snowboard. It's a free, free meaning freewheeling and let your freak show, freak flag fly. And yet, boy, when they finish their runs, they're so supportive of one another. Whether you're from Sweden or from the U.S. or France or wherever, if you've done a great trick, if you've had a good ride, man, they are. And I love that. I I don't think we have it enough in equestrian sports. We may have it among our fellow team members. But other coaches, like the American coach was congratulating this. I can't remember what country she was from or he was from, maybe Sweden. And they're congratulating them. And it's, I would like to see that more in equestrian sports, that we step out of our country boundary and be more together as an equestrian community. There you go. Yeah. So we are at the Patapedia section of our program tonight, and I thought it would be a great idea to do it on the best different types of rain gear to ride in. And as I thought about this, and I shared this with Tigger earlier today because it was raining here in Florida, and it was cold, and it was miserable, (laughs) and it was raining. Did I mention it was raining? It was definitely raining. Well, if you can't just go inside... And lay down. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Which is the right thing to do. That's the right thing to do when it's raining, yes. If you can't do the right thing, then it's definitely worth looking into different types of rain gear. So I just kind of was looking on the internet of different ideas. And it's so funny. The very first thing that I thought of, and I don't know, Tara, you probably remember this. And I'm not sure, Jen, if you've ever done this. Everybody has done the plastic poncho. Right? Yeah. I have never done the plastic poncho. You haven't lived, you know in, Tigger. You haven't lived. <laughs> you probably went inside when it rained, right? <laughs> I wore a raincoat. Okay. Okay. Well, the plastic, so it, it, it was one um, that just for a period of time, like, and I know they still have them. You, if you, I always think of riding in the rain and being at horse shows. And they have this plastic poncho that you can go, and it's literally just a poncho, and it, it's plastic. And I think it may be a plastic, like, trash bag, but don't quote me on that. But you just pull them right over, and it has a little hood thing, and they're just these plastic things. And I'll tell you, they're very inexpensive. These are the pros to it. 
One, they're inexpensive. They cover your body. If you're a weenie like me and you get cold, it's good because it literally has no breathability. <laughs> so, But it covers your body. It covers the saddle, which is great because no one wants to get their tack wet. That becomes an you know, issue if you have leather tack. Some people do synthetic in, in the rain. That probably makes a whole lot more sense. But it also covers the top of your boots because if it's really raining, depending on what's going on, if you're showing or if you're taking a lesson, you can get rain in your boots. And that's not good. Oh, no. So... But it's very inexpensive. Uh, these are d- definitely very expensive options. They're like literally, I've, I think I've purchased some for $10 or less. You only get a couple uses out of them, and they're, and they're unisex, which is great. So it doesn't make really any difference if you're, well, I guess if you're really short, it's a problem. Because um, <laughs> then you can look like but that's, that's a whole other story. The one con that is a big thing, and I don't need to tell you why I know this, if you have a young horse or a spooky horse and you're wearing basically essentially a trash bag on <laughs> that's yourself, flaps. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to leave that there. So that is one thing to seriously And consider. the other part is it's not biodegradable. It's just plastic is, and yeah. trash. And the reason you know that is because there you become very sweaty very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the first thing I thought of when I was thinking about this. So another thing that I thought was kind of cool, which I I don't, I think I may have done this once, but I know a couple people have done this, is that some companies make actually a riding waterproof pant that you can put over your britches or your boots, depending on what type of riding you do. And they're not that expensive. The carrots makes looks like they made a really nice option where you can like unzip it and put it on over your boots and oh, whatever, cool. which is yeah, it's a good option. But my guess is that they would be relatively slick. So if you were doing this for like a riding lesson and dressage, you couldn't use that showing wise. But if you're doing it in a riding lesson, it probably is not going to pr- provide a lot of stability in the saddle, and also wouldn't cover the saddle. But you would keep yourself dry, and it would definitely protect your your boots. And it'd probably be like a great option, I would think, for riding. Another option, and I've never done this, and I've seen people do this. There's actually riding blankets, like waterproof blankets that you can put over the horse, where the the, the either the saddle can be exposed, which again doesn't protect the saddle. But there's also one made by I think it was called Riding Warehouse, where it goes over the horse, and you can pull the stirrups out. So, like, you can have, like, it, and this is for, like, a jumping saddle or a dressage saddle. And the the benefit to that was it completely would protect the saddle. It doesn't protect, but it looks like there's a bunch of different styles that could be kind of a good option. Again, I would sort of wonder about that if you had a little bit of a hot or a spooky horse because if it's plastic or rain gear of any type, if it makes any noises. I'm just saying I've ridden some horses that I don't want to get on with plastic. it's just going to say that there we go then there are like i'm going to say riding slickers or riding or what did you say tigger that you had what are they called just basically a riding coat and that's the one thing that i have i love mine it's called um i'm probably not going to do this justice but it's called noel ashmar oh yeah and oh my gosh nice stuff Oh my gosh. And they are definitely expensive, but it's completely waterproof. It has a, a hood that you can put on. It's like if you're standing teaching, that's great. But if you're riding in it, you can zip it, take it off if you want. I love this. It has a little bit of a lining, but it's also a little bit breathable. So again, because I'm a, basically a wimp, it definitely keeps me warmer. I love that, but it covers my legs. It's got zippers. So today I went and had to try a horse 
for somebody that I'm looking for uh, a client for. And I was able to get on a horse that I didn't know. It wasn't so big that it hung over the horse too much that it would be frightening to the horse. It's a nice fabric. It doesn't make a lot of noise and covered my boots. And so that's one of my favorite, but, and it's also a good length. So it like covers the boots. And again, if you're standing around in the rain, it's always nice to, to not have to worry about that as well. But as far as riding of it, it's like, I, that's my number one favorite, totally tons of different types of those. And they also come and all of these come in different styles and sizes. Some people actually like a shorter riding jacket or, or the full length ones like I have, but many of the companies like smart pack or Dover have tons of different options as far as length. But the other thing that was kind of cool is they make different materials. So they don't spook the horses, which I thought was kind of cool. I know they do that sometimes in winter jackets, but I didn't realize they did that in uh, the rain jackets as well. So that's kind of like, like my pick. My, I love mine. Tigger, so you, what did you say you wrote in or you would have? Instead of rain I have one word, Patagonia. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't cover your boots. It's not that long. Patagonia has a used shop on the website. Yes, where if you have Patagonia gear and you've outgrown it or you don't like it or whatever, you send it to them and they sell it for you. And yeah, it's great. And that's wornware.patagonia.com, by the way, people. Thank you. Worn wear. <laughs> there you go. Now, if you don't want to buy a new Patagonia raincoat, just start hunting worn wear. And sometimes it'll take going there once a week for a couple weeks. But I found this retro rain, they call it a retro Patagonia raincoat. And it comes down to about halfway my thighs. So it's long, lots oh, wow. of pockets and really sturdy zipper and a great hood and it's a nice material that is not plastic feeling it feels more like real material but it repels the water and sadly and i've had this coat i don't know maybe six years and sadly i left it in a hotel driving down to florida and i called the hotel when i got here and said oh my gosh i left my raincoat and they go what raincoat yeah (laughs) yeah okay yeah um she was probably saying that as she was wearing it (laughs) yeah so patagonia for me just they it wears like iron i mean i've had several patagonia raincoats and they wear like iron they especially the right style. There's a lot of room so you can layer up underneath them, which I love. Oh, uh, I love that. I do too. It doesn't, I don't want something fitted in the rain, but my backup would be, cause I of course got down here and I went, Oh my God, I need a raincoat and I couldn't find any, any what I was looking for on worn wear. So I got an LB <laughs> rain jacket. And I have to say, even though it's not as wonderful as the Patagonia. It certainly has served its purpose today. It kept me dry. It has a hood. I mean, it's short. It's more to the weight. And I like the Patagonia. It was longer. But those are my use them year after year kinds of companies, L. Bean and Patagonia. Yeah, they're good ones. How about you, Jen? Have you, do you end up riding in the rain? I do. I am an Outback Trading Company fan. Interesting. Yeah, okay. it's it's a, a smaller company. They're based out of Pennsylvania. And I got introduced to them at one of the trade shows one time. And they make the traditional oil skin type 
coats, mm-hmm. but they also make the modern lightweight, super light kind of stuff too. And I have several of their raincoats and I, ha- I have the short one, which is the one that comes, it just covers your butt, which is great for most of the right. time. But they also make one, I believe they call it a duster. Oh, and yeah, okay. that, that's the kind that's really long, comes about mid calf, but they make it in a lightweight, what they call a packing, a packaroo. So it's a super lightweight. So it feels like a light, it feels like a windbreaker, but it's waterproof. And the way they have them designed is when you need to smoosh them up and get them out of the way, they have a built in pocket so that you roll it up into itself. It, so it makes a little teeny tiny sack and then the little teeny tiny sack has straps on it so you can wear it like a little teeny tiny backpack. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that is cool. we like it for hiking or even for riding because then when you're not wearing it, you need to get it out of the way. You roll it up into itself and you just hang it on your back and then it has a big enough pocket. It rolls up into a big enough pocket that you can also stuff a water bottle in there or whatever else you want to. So it's really kind of cool and it comes in fun colors. So it's the Packaroo yeah, Duster from Outback Trading. There you go. I mean, who doesn't want fun colors? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to point out that Patty's a choice is asmarequestrian.com right. to look at go. the coats that she has. Different colors. And oh my gosh, I love it. I'm looking at it right now and it's just the most wonderful thing. <laughs> it is. It's wonderful and it keeps you warm. But it's not so warm that you can't wear it when the sun... Well, I say that no one else would probably do that. But yeah, it's lovely and I'm, it's my fave. And now we're at Critter Nutrition. And the topic is Tulsi, the incomparable one. Tulsi is known as Holy Basil. It's characterized as an adaptogen, which is a plant capable of balancing the body system at large, including the glandular, endocrine, and circulatory systems. It's one of the foundation plants in Ayurvedic medicine and works synergistically with other herbs such as turmeric and ashwagandha. It's considered balancing, nourishing, and supports sustained wellness. It's been part of Ayurvedic medicine for over 3,000 years and is considered an exalted medicinal plant. I fell in love with Tulsi the moment I smelled it. It's a member of the mint family and has incredibly aromatic leaves. The first time I got a whiff of Tulsi leaves, I felt transported to my happy place, an almost immediate sense of well-being and bliss. While the scent of Tulsi leaves can send me momentarily to nirvana, drinking tea made from Tulsi provides important biological benefits to horses, dogs, and humans. Stress. Tulsi can regulate cortisol, a hormone produced by the adrenal glands. High levels of cortisol due to ongoing stress can result in anxiety, weight gain, weight loss, ulcer formation, concentration impairment, and muscle tension. Tulsi can help normalize cortisol, thus reducing many of the effects of elevated cortisol. Tulsi has long been used in Western herbology and Ayurvedic medicine to relieve congestion from the lungs due to its antifungal, antiviral, and antibacterial properties. Tulsi is a tonic. 
Because it's an adaptogen, it balances and supports the glandular, endocrine, and circulatory systems. Immune support. Tulsi is an immune modulator full of supporting immune system responsiveness. Digestion. Tulsi is a carminative, soothing to the gut wall and helpful in reducing gas. Rasayana. Rasayana is a branch of Ayurvedic medicine that means rejuvenation. Rasayana plants can enhance the health of all tissues in the body, thus enhancing vitality. The Rasayana foundation plants in Ayurvedic medicine include ashwagandha, harataki, gaduchi, amalaki, aloe vera, and tulsi. Tulsi's spiritual and traditional significance is that it's regarded as a clarifying herb, known in traditional Ayurvedic medicine as a vehicle of consciousness. It helps to maintain the balance of the seven chakras and to harmonize our spiritual and emotional lives. According to a Hindu prayer, the creator, Lord Brahma, is believed to reside in the branches of Tulsi, and the deities are believed to reside in the stem of Tulsi as well as its leaves. Tulsi is regarded as a living gateway between heaven and earth, a manifestation of the divine within the plant kingdom. It's common in Hindu households for there to be at least one Tulsi plant in the house. The presence of Tulsi is believed to bring happiness and prosperity. Tulsi is said to purify the air. During the early trade routes from Asia to Europe, Tulsi became known in the West as holy basil. There's more reasons to love Tulsi. Its long history of use benefiting humans and a variety of animals, including cows, horses, dog, cats, and monkeys. Tulsi is an adaptogen that supports multiple body systems, helping to bring the body back into balance. The goal of any supplement program should be restoration of the balance. Tulsi's aromatic qualities can encourage horses who are picky eaters. Tulsi's aromatic qualities can provide an uplifting sensation and feeling in humans. Tulsi's ability to reduce cortisol, support the GI tract and respiratory system, provide immune support, make it one of the best anti-stress herbs in the plant kingdom. Adding Tulsi into your life. Tulsi can be grown in zones 7 to 10. It likes hot weather, so if it's planted outside, you need to plant it well after the last frost. It could grow up to 4 feet tall, and it does very well indoors on a sunny window. For Tulsi seeds, I go to Strictly Medicinal, where you can also purchase Tulsi plants. Tulsi tea is my personal go-to, and Organic India has many different Tulsi tea combinations. I always keep a bag of loose leaf Tulsi if I need to sprinkle it on horse feed or crumble it into a dog's bowl. Biostar also loves Tulsi, and we have a number of products that provide this very important herb for horses and dogs. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. 
Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. All right, this is Healthy Critters 151 and Coffee Gotch 3, 2, 1. And now we're at Coffee Clatch. And I thought, in the spirit of the Academy Award nominations coming out, um, thinking of our cats and dogs and horses' lives as, as a movie, what category? Uh, would your dog, horse, cat be nominated in? Best actor, actress, best original screenplay, best director, best movie of the year. So you have you have 135 dogs. Aussies. There's a category for each and every category. one of them. So just give us the highlights. <laughs> so the highlights is the Academy Awards always have that Lifetime Achievement Award. Yes. And my oldest Aussie, Kimasabi, at the age of 14, I think that this year he gets the Lifetime Achievement Award. There you go. The best original screenplay is is absolutely keen, the youngest, because he just kind of writes his own thing. <laughs> <laughs> he makes it up he, as he goes. <laughs> he's starred his own movie, oh and gosh. yet he's not too vain to like nominate himself for best actor, but definitely he writes the script on the story of his life. And I would say the best director is my dog Crockett at home who runs the pack. And oh, that makes sense. Yes. So he would definitely get best director. There you go. So how about the horses, Jen? How about guys? Your guys. Our guys. Okay. Nigel. The big, also known as the big lumbering oaf, wins best supporting actor. Ah, because he will always be playing the character of the obnoxious sidekick. (laughs) He so wants to be the suave and sophisticated lead, but can't quite do it. Yeah, that's him. Handsome, dashing, but just can't quite get it. I guess Scooter. Give it a go. His life is a documentary feature. Documentary feature. Interesting. Okay. That's possible. Yeah. Well, because he's he's got his own quirks. That's that's what makes documentaries interesting. Yeah. There you go. I I had him as the uh, the animated short. <laughs> Because he's animated and he's short. <laughs> but I also see him as a character in an animated short. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. He could be he could so be his own animated character. 
if I had the skill set to take a little bit of video of him and run it through some fancy app that would make it into what looked like anime or something like, oh my gosh, would that be funny? This afternoon, we were all out hanging out in the barn, chit-chatting at about pony dinner time. So we're, we're there gabbing and gabbing and gabbing and, and Scooter standing in a stall making faces at us. It's like, hello, time to go out. I'm done eating my dinner. So I got him out. And we're still gabbing. We weren't finished talking. So I was scratching his back while we were all talking. And he's making all his... He makes all of these rubber rubber faces when you scratch him. His lips curl up and his ears go weird and it turns his head upside down. All kinds of things. And uh, I said, okay, we're get, we got to go out now. And I turned to walk away with him. And he took one step with me and then he stopped and he went back to the other people. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to stay here and get scratched more if you don't mind. <laughs> like, and we scratched him some more and turned to walk away again. And he's walking, he's walking away with Glenn. Glenn's leading him out towards the pasture. And I come up and catch up to them behind him, basically. And he, he's walking along and he puts his head up. You know how horses will, they use their body language and you can tell they just saw you. His head goes up a little bit. His ears go back and he puts an eyeball on me and I'm maybe four or five feet behind him. And he stops and he backs up towards me. (laughs) He's like pulling Glenn's arm out. Can, can you stop and scratch my butt some more, please? <laughs> See? Documentary. Documentary right there. He is he is a card, that little guy. So that's interesting. And it, it is interesting because you can look at it from two different points of view. What character would they play? Yeah. Or, or what would their life be? Or what would their life be? Yeah. Wow. yeah Nigel's now, life, if he if his movie was life was a movie, it would be a Hallmark movie. <laughs> oh my god i hate hallmark movies <laughs> well they're so predictable it's like it's how it works <laughs> I, I, I just don't i don't i've never thought of him in that context yeah he, well you know he's got all the predictable drama you know it's like yeah i gotcha it's the drama that they have and it's like that's how it's gonna turn out yeah and then as soon as you think that you're that the heroic character is gonna make it's like oh they're gonna no they don't Oh, they're going to... Uh, no, they don't. And just like the heroic character in the Hallmark movie. <laughs> oh, they're going to get the girl. No, they don't. Oh, they're going to get the guy. No, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have two more categories that I sadly can fill. Music is uh, Buckaroo, Ooh. also known as Mr. Schmo, who howls better than any coyote or any wolf I have ever heard. And he purses his lips and he goes on and on. So he gets absolutely best original song. And Wookie, my, she comes from another planet, which is why I love her, but she's a badass. She would win makeup and hairstyling, (laughs) not for the beauty of it, but that she likes to roll in manure and dead animals she finds in the woods. So she makes up her own rules. She yeah. she would get for makeup and hairstyling for like a horror picture. Yeah. Yeah. And she does it to herself and she thinks she looks fab. She would have a YouTube channel. <laughs> TikTok. Yeah. TikTok. This is how you do it. Yeah. You roll it this way and roll it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I hope you've enjoyed Coffee Clutch today and think about what categories your dog, cat, or horse might be nominated in 
if we were giving Academy Awards to our animals for their incredibly interesting lives. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to healthycrittersradio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 